0: everyone, it's Tracy here from SoManyShows.com. You may know me as co-host of our Bosch-themed Everybody Counts podcast, but today I'm here to bring you our inaugural coverage of the Lincoln Lawyer series Coming to Netflix, filming wrapped on the 10-episode first season over the summer. But just recently, I had the pleasure of interviewing executive producer for the show, Ted Humphrey. Ted offers some exciting insights about what to expect from the upcoming series adapted from the very popular Lincoln Lawyer novels by Michael Conley. Please follow our Twitter handle, at LincolnLawPod, for ongoing coverage of the Lincoln Lawyer series. And now, let's get right into our exclusive interview with Ted Humphrey. Thank you, Ted, for talking to me today. Really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Could you start by filling everyone in on the different hats you wear for this production, for The Lincoln Lawyer, and maybe a little bit about the path that brought you to The Lincoln Lawyer?
1: Sure. It was a somewhat winding path, as may not be (laughs) surprising, given what's happened in the world over the last couple of years. So, you know, I'm going to assume that your listeners are pretty, it's funny, the word showrunner is a word that 10 years ago, maybe not very many people in the world knew. Exactly. Exactly. And now I think everybody in the world knows that we're in that sort of era of peak TV and peak mm-hmm. showrunner. So I, I probably don't need to explain that much what the showrunner is, but I mean, essentially I'm the, the head writer and producer of the show. And, you know, you're, you're the person that kind of makes all the key creative decisions for the show. And that is a an even bigger responsibility, I think, with a new show or a first season show, just because there's a there's a lot more decisions to be made. Mm-hmm. So in terms of Many Hats... And it's actually the aspect of the job that I I kind of love the most, like like wearing all the different hats. And it's a fun job. And it allows you in the course of any given day to pivot you know, from here to here, to here, to here. Sure. And so, you know, then you add a, a layer of maybe complexity to that because going along with that is the responsibility in this case of bringing these beloved books to life. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and there's a, that is a big responsibility and a, yeah. cha- a challenge, but a really fun one. And every step of the way, I'm, I'm really honored and privileged to say that Michael Comley was there kind of every step of the way. Mm-hmm. He's been a big part of the show. He's been involved. He, he and I co-wrote the final episode together. He's been in the writer's room pretty much every day of the show.
0: Wow. Okay. And
1: you know he's on set sometimes, and, mm-hmm. and uh, very involved and very excited about it. And it's it's such it's been such a great experience. I never had the opportunity to work with Michael before because I have not worked on Bosch. I'm a mm-hmm. big fan for a long time, but this is the first time okay. I've actually gotten to work with him, and couldn't be more fun. So I mean, just a wonderful guy, incredibly talented, and incredibly dedicated to doing the best show possible. So it's been great.
0: Fantastic.
1: Um, as, you know, as far as how I. Came to the show, it was a show that David E. Kelly originally had set up mm-hmm. at a broadcast network. And I had come aboard to kind of partner with him and be the showrunner on that show. He was going to write the first episode and then I was going to run the show from there. Mm-hmm. And then COVID happened frankly right um, and we ended up pivoting eventually to Netflix and the show changed a fair amount in really great ways I think I mean this is a show just like Bosch on Amazon this is a show that's really built for a, a platform like Netflix yeah where you can be really serialized and you can follow the twists you know the twists and turns of the books and in some ways build on them and, and all of that so that that's kind of how I, I came to Prior to this, you know, most of the people listening might know me best from a show I did for a long time called The Good Wife, mm-hmm. where I was one of the executive producers of that for six years and wrote, I don't know, 20 something episodes of that and, and wow. directed the final one that I was there for, which was Kalinda's, Kalinda's Goodbye. I don't know if anybody's a fan of uh, of The Good Wife, but when it was the last episode where Kalinda left, um, so that was okay. fun and that's such a great experience. So there you go.
0: So is most of your background has, has it been in network television? Is the streaming aspect a little newer for you or. Has this is you the, the first,
1: first streaming show I have done. I have done cable shows, okay, but, but this is the first actual streaming show I've done. And I will say it's, it's interesting. You know, the binging aspect of it is different. It, it, it it creates some differences in the way you build the episodes and the way you mm-hmm. plan the season. It's kind of, I mean, in some ways, it's kind of like plotting a novel that, like, yeah. Michael's novels are page turners. You can't wait to see what happens next, which is on the aim for that in the show as well. So it's been interesting and fun in that
0: respect. Well, I know they're two distinct entities, but Conley fans and, and you know, that have been watching Bosch, and I feel certain with watching The Lincoln Lawyer, there'll be a lot of re watching because you get it and you want to take it all in, you know, you want to find yes. out how it all turns out, but the, at least the fans that, that I'm familiar with love to go back and you find more and more each time that you watch an episode and it just gets richer. So I'm looking forward to that rewatching.
1: I, I, I love to do that myself. Um, yeah. I love okay. People, you know, we, we've certainly endeavored to provide enough that people will find it interesting to rewatch. Let's put it that way.
0: Fantastic. Well, we are not, you know, I'm not looking for spoilers here, just want to give fans a little bit of a feel for what they have in store for them, whatever you're available to tell us. So the, the first thing I was wondering, how well versed in sort of the legalese will viewers need to be to enjoy the Lincoln lawyer?
1: So that's an interesting question. And the answer is, you know, ultimately the answer is not at all. Or okay. no more well-versed than you need to be to read books. Michael does a great job in the, uh, the books are really clever as well as very exacting in terms of getting it right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, he consults with a lot of lawyers when he writes the books and, and the legal consultants and whatnot. And so, but he also does a great job of explaining in the books in a very engrossing. Yes. You know, storyteller way, the things that you need to know to understand what's going on. I agree. On. Mm-hmm. And we endeavor to do that in the show as well. And one of the great things about the books is they're written in kind of first person perspective from Mickey, okay. which, which makes them different from yeah. the Bosch books are written in third person. but Right. Uh, Right. Yeah, the Lincoln lawyer works in the first person and Mickey can kind of speak directly to the reader and explain to them why he's doing what he's doing. And we found sure. in the show to kind of mimic that, that isn't just voiceover okay. you know, or exposition. But okay. so I think that's a unique, maybe unique aspect of the storytelling of the show that I think mm-hmm. viewers and especially readers of the book are going to enjoy. But it was something when we did The Good Wife, for example, that was a challenge. It's a challenge that every legal show faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was certainly a challenge we faced there. And it's it's one... I've always really enjoyed because it's really important to me to get that stuff, as somebody who was a lawyer myself at one point, it's really important for me to get that stuff accurate. Sure. And yet do it in a way that makes for interesting storytelling. So that's that's the challenge that faces you when you do a show like this and it's always one. Yeah,
0: okay, okay, very good. We're kind of wondering, where are the viewers going to spend more time watching? Are we going to, is the show going to be more inside the Lincoln, inside the courtroom or outside of both? Is there any sort of majority of the time location that, that we'll see?
1: Right. Gosh, I <laughs> honestly, I would say the answer to that is, is we're pretty equal in all the show. It is called The Lincoln Lawyer. He, he <laughs> is the Lincoln lawyer because one of the unique things about him is he, is he drives around Los Angeles, in you know, a Lincoln, go from courthouse to courthouse. And we do spend a lot of time. The Lincoln really becomes a character in the show. Awesome. His relationship with the person that's driving the Lincoln becomes a character in the show. Yes. And it's a really fun, you know, it's a really fun and different aspect of this character, but obviously we don't spend all our time in the Lincoln. We do spend a fair amount of time in, in court. It's a, it's a legal show. And particularly, you know, there's one big case for the season that as that case kicks into high gear, of course you spend more time mm-hmm. in, in the latter half of the season, but there are other smaller cases in the front half of the season that bring us into court as well and aspects of the big case. And then we spend a lot of time, you know, in, in various other places, a big, a big location in the books is Mickey's house. Mm-hmm. which in some ways is similar to Bosch's house. He also, Mickey also lives in like a house in the Hollywood Hills with a view Ooh, so I
0: like the sound got, of that.
1: <laughs> we've got that and we've got Maggie's house that used to be Mickey's house because mm-hmm. the, the characters are divorced and co- cool parenting their daughter and right and mickey mickey traditionally doesn't have an office but in the book the brass verdict which we adapted he sort of inherits one i don't want to give too much away okay sure yep so there's a lot of different locations that we spend time in and it was really important to us to bring books to life authentically books are set in la we shot this show in la it really lives yeah. in the verisimilitude of the la locations and, and all that in the same way again that the boss show does so yeah, yeah. very excited about that
0: Now, speaking of the authenticity, I'm just curious, having, you know, read legal stories over the years, I've learned that when you get started on a case, sometimes you go in for a few minutes and you come back two weeks later and there's a lot of time in between. There's a calendar, the big calendar. Did you have to use any sort of unique technique to kind of keep that authentic, but to keep the story moving.
1: Well, you'll see when you watch the show, the structure of the main story is such that we're the trial's about to begin basically. Okay. And so it, it, that, okay. that what you're pointing to though is a is a really very real aspect of doing legal TV shows in general. And mm-hmm. it is it is something again when we did the Good Wife, it was really important to us. Yeah. And it's why episodes of that show would begin, you know, we would do all different things. We'd do an episode that was about deposition we do an episode that was about okay you're on the eve of trial or the trial just ended and you're waiting for the verdict or whatever as opposed to some you know kind of the classic way of doing a legal show is you just ignore all of that and you know yeah. somebody gets somebody gets murdered and then two days later there's a trial which is not right of
0: course, <laughs> yeah so
1: we, we do not do that in this show we, okay. okay we are very specific and exacting about being as authentic as we can it's very okay. important to Conley has been to me and everybody, David, everybody involved. So
0: awesome. Yeah. Well, fans love that too, for sure. Is there, you've talked about different aspects of, of telling the story and some unique parts, but is there anything in particular about the storytelling style in the Lincoln Lawyer that you would describe as unique to the series?
1: Well, I alluded before that we found a way, I think, to to bring kind of Michael's storytelling style to life. I don't want to give anything more about that away, but sure, yeah. on you know, that I think. I just think the character of Mickey is such a unique character compared to most sort of TV lawyer or movie lawyers that you've seen. And you saw a little bit of that certainly in the movie and it's what makes the books, it's what differentiates the books from most other legal thrillers. I think And it's what will differentiate the show as well.
0: Okay. Okay. Very cool. Do you have any sort of message that you'd like to share with the readers of Michael's Lincoln lawyer novels regarding their expectations for enjoying the TV show?
1: Well, I hope if you enjoy the novels, you will enjoy the show. (laughs) I I would say, I I would say more specifically, if you love the Bosch novel and you love the Bosch show,
0: okay, then I hope
1: you will love this show equally because we we take a similar approach, and and it very much is driven by the fact that Michael's involved, right. And one thing that Michael always talks about with regards to the Bosch show is that you know the show he so enjoyed making that show because it gave him an opportunity he jokingly says it gave me an opportunity to, to get the books right and w- what i think he really means yeah. it, the books are amazing but what he really means by that is it's like you, you get another bite at the apple and you yeah you and make hands. some
0: adjustments yeah shake it he up make <laughs> some
1: adjustments or you just even even if it's not making it better it's, just, it's like making it different but different combining yeah. things from this and that so w- what we we've very much done a similar thing here where we I think if you love the books you'll watch the show and you'll there'll be the familiarity that you want of the stories from the books and the characters from the books but there will be enough that has been changed that is new that has been added that we've come up with for the show
0: mm-hmm. where you won't
1: quite know what's happening and you can kind of guess all over again where this is going and so exactly kind of, yeah. Fun yeah
0: that definitely sounds fun what can you tell us about the chemistry among the cast just what was that like that group working together
1: I can say unequivocally it was great, Uh, you know, which is not always the case in in shows. But really, everybody, you know, first of all, just on a purely kind of production work environment level, everybody got along great, and it was really a great and and under very challenging circumstances. Right, making a show during COVID is 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 not for the faint of heart, and and everybody kind of just rose to the challenge and did it. I can I can certainly talk a little bit more. In a bit about what was involved with that but beyond that the chemistry you know there is a challenge to bringing to life i mean any tv show but certainly to bring to life beloved characters from books and it you know it's sort of like nobody has in their mind who walter white was before breaking back he didn't exist i mean right it, it, you know, vince gilligan had him in mind but nobody else did so yeah. for everybody that has ever enjoyed breaking bad brian cranston is walter white but you know, Daniel Radcliffe was not Harry Potter until he became Harry Potter. And, you, mm-hmm. and, and Titus Welliver was not Bosch until he became Bosch. And so mm-hmm. there is this challenge involved in that and this challenge involved in embodying the chemistry that these characters have. And boy, our cast really rose to it. You just absolutely believe these relationships. I mean, it's a terrific group of people, terrific group of actors whole bunch of really talented people that, that people know from other shows who have brought these characters to life.
0: Great. Well, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the the extra level of work associated with the comic.
1: Yeah, it added a lot. We, we were, I will say we were very fortunate and, you know, some of that fortune I, I think was due to, we were careful and, and you know, smart and diligent about how we did things but mm-hmm. we were also fortunate in that we began we sort of began production last march when things were getting better and vaccinations were coming okay. out and so forth and we finished production in august kind of just before like delta and everything became mm. a thing so we we, we probably had the best of, window
0: you could have yeah we had a nice
1: window that was you know kind of by accident but we had a nice window
0: mm-hmm.
1: so thankfully you know we never had to shut down production we didn't have any hardly any positive cases at all and just a couple and they you know no, none involving any like cast members or anything where we had to shut down production or anything like that everybody was healthy or everybody was fine thank god because other shows have had to shut down and whatnot yeah Yeah. you know there was testing multiple times a week everybody's wearing masks and ppe all day long the actors Mm -hmm. take the masks off to shoot the scene and then put them back on as soon as the scene is over and it adds a huge layer of complexity to and time to the day yeah the crew every tv show and movie is a collaborative effort there's so many like talented people involved and they all had to get there extra early and you know wait in line to be tested i mean it's it's very daunting and again i can't stress enough how game everybody was how everybody rose to the challenge from you know every single person on the crew sheet up to the cast and everybody
0: yeah was. wow that's a good report, a good report. yeah i know
1: it was it was a challenge i've never faced before that's for sure
0: yeah, yeah. So I know this is a tough one. What three words would you choose to tease viewers that are just anxiously awaiting the series?
1: Wow. Three. Only three.
0: <laughs> you can always give more. We'll take all Whoa. the information you want to share. I, I
1: know. I understand. I mean, I'd. so I think compelling.
0: Okay. That's awesome.
1: Michael's, you know, another word for that might be suspenseful or exciting. Those are all words you could use, but to me compelling, right. compelling kind of sums all that up. It, Michael's books are, you can't put them down. You can't wait to see what happens. True. And we have very much, you know, hope that the show is the same and believe that the show is the same. That you're okay. That when you get to the end of one episode, you're going to want to watch the next one and see where it goes. Yeah. And that we've, we've brought, you know, if, if Michael's books are anything, they're compelling. And we've brought, I hope, that compelling storytelling to the show. Okay. So that would be one word. I kind of, you know, I, I kind of alluded to this when I was talking about the legal stuff before, but authentic, I think would be a great word. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. just when it comes to the legal, the legal aspects of the storytelling, although certainly that's part of it, but our depiction of LA, our depiction of these characters is really verisimility is a a word that I like to use to describe the show and I think authentic is an even better word but it's just this show is an authentic slice of Los Angeles of the legal world of you know this character you know to me there's not a situation in this that that doesn't sort of ring true and that's that's what I love about it Um, okay and you know LA in in all it's kind of from the gritty sides of it to the beautiful posh you know Mm -hmm. fancy mansions and whatever side of it like kind of soup to nuts nice and certainly downtown LA which is not a part of LA that gets that much attention really weirdly in movies and yeah TV, but it, but it is the epicenter of the legal world in LA right Mickey spends most of his time working in courthouses mm-hmm. and stuff so it's, it's okay. kind of its own thing Bosch yeah. spends a lot of time in downtown LA too so yeah and then gosh a third word we well, can't go wrong with fun
0: great I like <laughs> that it's not it, it, too is serious. Fun,
1: it is a fun show to watch okay it is a really fun cast okay they are They are funny. They are soulful. They are, again, I think authentic in terms of their relationships with one another. I hope it's just a show that viewers find fun to watch.
0: Okay. Those are great attributes. Fantastic. Now, we don't know anything about a release date or anything, but can you tell us if there will be any sort of trailer before it drops that people can watch and pick
1: through? I can't, except to say, I'm sh- I, I imagine there will be, but I okay. honestly don't know. Um, you know, okay. I'll, I'll, I will say that the state of the process we're in is that, um, you know, we've finished shooting the show. We're in the process of post-production editing mm-hmm. and, and all of that. At that point, the show goes to Netflix. There is, you know, a lag of some time while Netflix gets the show ready to launch. And part of that is like, is, you know, preparing it in a, many, many different languages, for example, to be shown all over the world, subtitling it, whatever Oh yeah. That, yeah. As well as technical <laughs> aspects. So that does take uh, some time. So I imagine at some point there will be, but we're not at that point yet.
0: Have you been involved in the music at all yet? I know I've t- talked with folks on other shows where the showrunners actually, I can't remember the name, but they have these meetings meetings. That go through different scenes and want certain types of vibes. Oh yeah, uh, in no, those... that's a
1: huge part of the post-production process, which thankfully, yeah. thankfully, we're almost done with. It's, it's uh, okay. Been a little more challenging. I mean, I love I love the music process, but it is a very challenging one. Yeah, you know, it's called a spotting session. that ah,
0: there about. you go. Yes. I didn't remember. So
1: Nana, no, no, we're in the we're in the thick of. I actually just finished our last spotting session for the last episode. maybe oh, last okay. It was okay. And so that's where you work with the composer and your music supervisor to come up with what is the music, whether it's score that the composer is composing or uh, you know songs or music that you're going to license for the show. Right. Um, Plug
0: it in. Mm-hmm. okay okay well, we're looking forward to finding out what that's going to be like too do you oh, could you tell us if it has sort of a overarching theme i mean obviously there's different music and different scenes but does it have sort of its own signature would you say oh I would
1: say so yeah I think okay. that, I think music plays a big part in the show I, you know as it does in a lot of shows big, yeah yeah music plays a big part in the show and I think you'll the viewers will definitely find that you know characters have their themes yeah themes have their themes you know mm-hmm, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when Mickey is doing you know is in a certain kind of situation you'll hear recurring kind of motifs to that music you know
0: okay yeah Okay. Awesome. Well, I always like to close out my interviews with a lighter question. So I'm going to spring this one on you. It's just for fun. If you had to choose a vehicle or mode of transportation as your office to do your job, that your, your job that you have, what would it be?
1: Wow. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> Take uh, your time. <laughs> well, I get sick reading in cars. Oh, so. oh <laughs> I would have a hard time working in the backseat of a Lincoln like Mickey does because uh-huh. I couldn't read a book or look at my laptop screen or anything. You yeah. Know, I, I get car sick doing that. But I can work really well on trains and okay. those don't. And I I, I I, love, I will be honest, I love trains. I okay. just have a, I have a, a, an affinity for trains that goes back to when I was a kid, maybe. And awesome. I like to travel to countries like in Europe where they ride trains a lot and ride trains. And so- okay. Like having a having my own private train car decked out oh, of yeah. office where I can yeah. work in a train car and see the world going by out the window, I would love that. I would that I sounds that would really good. In that place, yeah.
0: That sounds really good. I like that. Well, thank you so much for giving us these insights and little clues into the show and folks. We'll just be anxiously awaiting the release date and checking it out. I'm sure you're going to hear a lot of buzz from all the fans. It sounds like they're going to really enjoy it. So thank you.
1: That's wonderful. Thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. and uh, I hope everybody enjoys the show.